Finals are like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Each year when it comes to studying for finals, I have a different method, a new plan of attack. Every year I think I'm gonna do something bigger, greater, better. I'm gonna get through finals easier this time. This is my seventh semester of finals. I have tried six different ways to study for finals. Each time it doesn't feel like it's the best way to study or the easiest way. I always feel like I can find something better, an easier way to do it. My name is Rose Balzano and you're listening to This Is College. It's hard to formulate one plan that's gonna fit everything. Some semesters you have a bunch of papers to write. Other semesters you have a bunch of exams to study for. Sometimes it's a combination of both. And even then with your exams, some of them are cumulative and some of them aren't. So each time I try to find a new way to approach the situation. For this semester, I interviewed some of my friends to see how they studied for their finals. I wanted to see what they did to make it through so that maybe I could copy them and try something new for myself this semester, as well as give you guys advice. Amanda, who is currently pursuing a master's in biology, explained that finals don't exactly get easier as you move forward. I'm going to say you're more prepared in the sense as I learned how to properly study for certain classes, but as you pursue your degree, the classes itself get harder. So the finals, the material-wise, gets harder. It's just more like you learn how to prioritize and study based on the material you're learning. Some classes require you to think outside the box when it comes to learning. Um, Organic chemistry itself was a special class as far as the way you have to pay attention, the way you have to mold your mind, because it's more of a 3D kind of class rather than learning based on a textbook. So that definitely took changing a way of having to study and all that. So for this class, Amanda thought outside of the box with her study habits. Um, A lot of YouTube videos and buying chemistry model kits and just trying to actually do the 3D reactions rather than learn them on paper or out of a book. For most classes, Alyssa, who is a business administration major, says creating study sheets helps her the best. Usually I make an outline going by chapter based on what's on the test. Um, I'll reread notes, I'll reread my textbook, um, but usually I find that making an outline helps me the most. For me, what usually works best for exams is to make a study sheet. I start with the name of the exam on top, and I write out everything I think I need to know. I put as much information as I can under each section. I underline all the terms that I think are essential to the test. And in each subject, I write in one specific color. So for my anthropology class right now, I'm writing everything in orange. Sometimes you get lucky, and the professor will give you a review sheet or a study guide which makes it even easier, because right then and there, they're telling you what you need to know. When I do get an exam guide from a professor, I usually fill them out and don't make my own study sheet. And then I read over the sheet as many times as I can before the test. Kevin, who is a multimedia computing major, explains how he begins writing his papers. The outline, first and foremost, that's literally where I get all my ideas, and I usually bullet point different points for each paragraph, you know, for like, you know, six or seven different paragraphs of the whole paper. What helps me best for papers is to do as much reading as I possibly can before I sit down and do my paper. I then outline my paper and go back and do some more reading. In the outline, I fill in anything that I am completely sure I want to include, and then I just start. For me, it's best if I give myself an entire day to do one paper. It helps me think about just that information without having any other types of information in my head. It's hard for me to go back and forth between papers because sometimes I lose my train of thought, or I get the information confused. So for me, it's best to do one paper at a time until it's completely finished. It's not just about how you study, but also where. I like to study in different places. Sometimes I find that at home I get nothing done, and other times I find that at home I'm really productive, so it depends on 
I want to say what I'm studying and how much time I have before the test. And when it comes to where, Amanda adds, um, don't study with your friends. <laughs> it never works out. Kevin also advocates for studying alone. You know what? You listen to music and you just get in the zone and you, you isolate yourself from the rest of the world and don't let any other distractions distract you. And if you need to go to school to do your work, go to school and do your work. Don't stay at home if there's too many distractions because you'll never get anything done. There's also the when to study. I do really well when I study um, more than two days before a test. I find that if I have more time to like absorb the information, I usually retain it better. I had a professor introduce me to the 30-10 method of studying. Basically, it gives you 30 minutes of study time with no distractions. During that time, you shouldn't even be looking at the clock, which is why a timer is useful in this situation. I usually just use the timer on my phone. I set it to 30 minutes, I sit down, and I get to work. When the 30 minutes are up, set your timer for another 10 minutes and use that time to check your social media, text messages, and make a snack. Right when that 10 minutes is up, you go straight back to studying for another 30 minutes. It allows you to give yourself a break, but make sure that you're staying on track of studying and you're getting everything you need to done. So you don't wander off or end up watching Instagram videos for countless hours. I learned this from my professor the spring of my freshman year and found it very effective, but it was a spring semester. So I had two months off and in total another six months before my next set of finals. So I kind of totally forgot about this method. However, this semester, in a weird twist of fate, I rediscovered it in the back of one of my notebooks as I was cleaning out my desk. So I used it once again this semester. But I only had one exam and the rest were papers. For papers, I find that it doesn't work as well. Because for me, I end up getting in a flow and it's hard for me to walk away from that flow and lose that train of thought. Also, it's very hard to stay focused for 30 minutes and stay on top of your ideas. You get writer's block, even with research papers when you know what you're talking about, and you have an outline. So for papers, what I find works best is to work as hard as I possibly can and get as much information out at once, and then walk away when I've hit a wall. When I hit that wall, I usually go make myself a cup of tea, grab some chips or something, and while I'm doing that, I try and think about everything I have just written to try and find some new information to add. Most of the time during my breaks, I flip through Instagram. During finals week, I like to look through the Instagram hashtag finals week. Sometimes when you're studying for finals, you're home and alone and it can get really boring and sad. You feel like you're the only person that's struggling to get your work done. But in reality, there's hundreds of other people in the same situation you are right now. Finals means make me feel connected to other people. Like I'm not the only one that's struggling to get my work done. Makes me feel not alone. Alyssa agrees with me and adds, There are great exaggerations of how we feel and we're all a little dramatic, so I think they really show the extremes of the final stress. Amanda sees the societal connection as well. Because um, we all relate to them and we're all sitting there like, yeah, that's me. I get them mostly sent to me because I don't really go on social media that often, but even when people send them to me, I'm like, yeah, that's me, 100%. Kevin, on the other hand, has a completely different view on them. I don't think finals memes are funny. I don't think a lot of the internet is funny. I feel like people do a lot of jokes on the internet for attention. They're relatable the first time you hear it, but then like people like to overplay it and those they're like when jokes, you know, like 
you know, when you're tired for finals, but you got to do this. You know, when jokes got real old and people are still harping on when jokes. I hope you had a wonderful semester and your finals didn't make you too crazy. I will talk to you all in the next episode where we will be discussing all things internship. And lastly, I leave you with this little nugget of wisdom from Kevin. Repetition is the name of the game. You just have to keep repeating and condition yourself to know the answers to all these tests.